Today on Bingers Assemble, Bingers Matthew Carroll and Karen Huffstutler are taking on Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. All that right with this ad we have no control over. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Bingers Assemble, the podcast where we rewatch movies so you don't have to. My name's Matthew Carroll. And I'm Karen Huffstutler. What's happening? What's up, Matt? Karen? Oh, I, I, <laughs> you beat me to it. You beat me to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm too, I'm, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little too sleepy. I forgot to take my Adderall this morning. <laughs> yeah. A little lower energy than well, normal. I might get a little sleepy in the middle of this. I just took some pain medicine. So, you know. Oh, good. Like, <laughs> we're riding that sleepiness <laughs> way right now. I'm, I'm without my <laughs> stimulant and you're, you're on a depressant. Awesome. Depressant. Well, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's see, let's see how sleepy we can get on this thing. On yeah, this, let's on do this it. thrill ride of a movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it so much. Me too. Me too. It was a lot of fun. Uh, okay. So you're going to take the shot, correct? Sure am. I'm going to try. The shot is the segment where, uh, Karen is going to have two minutes on the clock to tell us as much as she can about the plot of Hobbs and Shaw and go. Okay, Brixton Lore is a cybernetically enhanced criminal who wants to recover a deadly virus for the company he works for, Etion. The virus, however, was stolen by Shaw's MI6 agent sister, Hattie. Hattie steals the virus to keep it safe from Etion. After its um, containment chamber gets damaged by Brixton, Hattie actually has to inject the virus into herself in order to keep it from, like, releasing uh, the virus called the snowflake, it can actually wipe out half of the country's or the world's population by targeting any DNA sequence that it's coded to. And it's like a 100% mortality rate within like 72 hours, I believe. Um, turns out that Brixton is just a pawn for the real villain of the story who only appears by voice and he's called the director. Um, Etion seems to be the world's most powerful organization in the world. Uh, there's a quote that I'll use later by Shaw to explain who they are. Um, but it's now up to Hobbs and Shaw to partner up, put aside their differences and work together to prevent the world from ending. Brixton and Etion only make that harder by getting all of the news outlets to report that they're both terrorists who just attacked London. Now on the run, they all go and meet Professor and Draco, who get who can get the virus out of Hattie. Um, he tells them the only way to save her is to break into Etienne's super fortified complex, which of course they do with the help of another character, Margarita, who set them up with gear and access to Etienne's weapons biotech complex. 
Um, the professor is kidnapped um, with the help of a grift called the Mick Jagger, where Hattie fakes surrenders and the other two get into the complex by parachuting into a silo. They eventually get the machine to get the virus out of Hattie. They escape with an epic chase scene. Hobbs takes them to Samoa to his estranged family land or family's land where they make their last stand, so to speak. Um, with the help of Hobbs' family, they defeat the bad guys, including Brixton, who then disappoints the director so much that he kills Brixton by shutting him off remotely. And that's time. You, no! <laughs> you were so close. Yeah. You were so close to yeah, the end. Yeah, I knew I wasn't going to talk as fast as I usually do. Oh, man. You got pretty much to the end, though. I got um, close. Yeah. There's a couple things that I missed. <laughs> man. Okay. Would you like to take the chaser then? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I mean, I can tell you the rest of it. It's yeah, only like go ahead. You, two you, little bits. I mean, I, I miss that Hattie uses the machine um, and extract, extracts right. the virus from herself just in time before she is dead, basically. Um, and then we find out that the director is someone that Hobbs actually knows. Yeah, we, uh, but we never find out who. who. We do who? find that out earlier in the movie, actually. She says, or she or he says... I have a history with Hobbs. And then right. okay, at the end yeah. of the movie, uh, the, the director says, you don't remember me, do you? Yeah. You will, or something like that. Yeah, to set up, I'm assuming, for a second one. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get into that, who we think the director might be, because yeah. there's, there's one clear uh, possibility, I feel like. Yeah, and I know the voice is. So oh, all. interesting. Okay. Let's see. What what did you forget? I'm taking the chaser. Sixty seconds on the clock. Go for it. Um, the most thing you mentioned didn't mention is like the sort of the Hobbs and Shaw and their relationship together. And like this movie basically shows the entire time, even from like the visual language of the movie, it starts out with the two of them showing their lives. And even though they're very different, they're basically doing the same things with their lives. Like they're very similar people. Even though they kind of like one person's doing things a little more British and the other person's doing things like a American meathead, uh, like it, it shows they're both cooking eggs and then they're both getting in their cars and they're both going out the door and then the end of that sequence is like them both answering the phone and going where is it or something like that and it's like the idea is they're both sort of living these parallel lives but they're very different and the whole movie is sort of about them kind of coming together. Uh, you also miss that like oh I guess the other relationship thing is his sister. Is Hattie, and she at one point kisses the rock, and they seem like they're maybe kind of starting a little thing up. And that's yeah. my time. That's my sixty seconds. Awesome. Uh, it didn't really fit much in there, but I think the parallel nature of those two characters is kind of important. I feel like that's what I, th I think that's what they were going for with that little opening sequence. Oh yeah, I, I was gonna say I love that sequence. Um, the Me too. Split, there's a split screen, and you have you know Hobbs's life on one side and Shaw's life on the other, and um, Hobbs gets the job and he goes to like a tattoo parlor, and yeah. um, he like tattoos um, "I love cops" on this bad guy's <laughs> head for information, and then Shaw actually uses a champagne bottle to beat up all the guys that he's trying to get information. Yeah, from. well, they come in and it's pretty great. He says. I got an ice cold can of whoop ass for you. And then it cuts to Shaw and he says, it's going to be, a, I'm a champagne, champagne kind of problem. Yeah. And then he beats up all the men with a champagne bottle. It's so funny. It's real good. It's very, uh, it's very much them, you know, like those two, they, it's like they're reskinned versions of sort of the same, 
like kind of guy, you know. Right. And now that yeah. even after Fate of the Furious, they've even both been burned by their countries and kind of earned their freedom and all that stuff. Yeah, it's so great. The yeah, like they're very similar, but they kind of hate each other. I think that's the thing. So so getting into mixers, I guess, which is the segment where we talk about the characters in the movie. Um, I think Hobbs and Shaw kind of annoyed me a little bit throughout this movie. I kind of okay. wanted them to like. There's that moment in Fate of the Furious when they finally kind of come to terms with each other for a second and kind of laugh together. And right. I was kind of hoping they would start from there, but they sort gotcha. of reset their relationship a little bit. And it's funny. Don't get me wrong. And it's always funny in Fast the, all the Fast and Furious movies when they're sort of like picking at each other and making fun of each other. And But like, I think for them to be on this mission, it, it, honestly, it's like, it's kind of like what Dinkley says, the, the Air Marshal Dinkley. Uh, turns Played around. by Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. They, they have a lot of really great little cameos in this movie. Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Hart are awesome. Uh, the comic release of this. Yeah. Uh, love them. I want a lock movie. Like, 100% want a lock movie. <laughs> yes, me too. They named him Locke. I feel like that's, like, a really easy way to be, like, Hobbs, Shaw, and Locke. Or Hobbs and Locke. Or Shaw and Locke. Or Locke is such a good hero name, similar to Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, and so, like... I feel like they're going for that with him. Like we're, I to- I'm just excited that he exists in this universe and I hope he shows up in a fast and the furious movie, maybe, or like they could sprinkle yeah. him in anywhere. Ryan Reynolds is just the best. And he's he really funny. is yeah. so funny. I, I didn't even think about that. And I agree. That would be hilarious. Like if he showed up in fast nine, I would be a hundred percent down for that. M- me too. Yeah. I'm always down for Ryan Reynolds in anything. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too. Uh, okay, so, but what I was getting at, I guess, is that Hobbs and Shaw, Dinkley says it at one point, like, you you guys, you're on a mission here, you gotta get it past this, this is bigger than you two, like, he's kind of being, like, their therapist for a second, and, Mm -hmm. like, I kind of agree with him, like, at some point, they just, and I know it's, like, a tried and true thing to have the two protagonists that sort of hate each other, and sort of, like, annoy each other, but, like, it doesn't feel like it's coming from a real place. It just feels like it's coming from their machismo. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like lethal weapon. Mm-hmm. Danny Glover's character kind of hates Mel Gibson's character because Mel Gibson is always putting him in danger. Right. Yes. Like there's a yes. reason he hates him. And like Mel Gibson's character is kind of like annoyed that the other, that, um, uh, uh, Danny Glover's character is like, sort of like choosing to go home to his family instead of choosing to like fight the fight. You know, there's like that, there's something they're fighting about. And -hmm. I feel like most of these movies, there's like something they're fighting about, something that annoys each other in this. They're just machismo. And at some point I'm like, I just, I'm annoyed at your, your bickering at some point. (laughs) Yeah. It does get a little much with their like one liners to each other. Like, it's like, okay, we get it. We get it. Ha ha ha. Yeah. It was funny the first hour of the movie, but now it's, you should have like developed a relationship by now. Right. And what, you, what you're saying, annoyed by the one-liners, like, I think that's part of it too, is they stop being inventive. Like, they're always just, I'm going to take something and shove it down your throat or up your ass. Like, that's, that's yes. like, every line ends that way. And it's like, okay. Or it's not, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been so noticeable except we just watched the other ones they're in and they're doing the same thing and they're always entertaining. And I think in the fast and furious movie, it's less annoying because it's sprinkled in. They're just two characters who hate each other. 
And mm-hmm. so they're not on screen all that much together. But in this, they're on screen together the entire movie. And like, they never get past that phase of they're just like bickering. Yeah. And it kind of annoyed me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I understand that completely. But, uh, you know, it's not to say I didn't enjoy this movie. I really did. Um, but it is, I think, on the far edge of the Fast and the Furious franchise that we've talked about, where, like, this is all spectacle. And, like, very, less heart than most. Oh, yeah. I l- enjoy this movie so much. Because they didn't attempt to put heart in it and Mm. just completely fail. So I like it for what it is, you know, just a fun movie with a lot of like cool stunts. Brixton's motorcycle is just. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing what it can do. And I just love that. It was like a Terminator movie. They even mentioned that at one point. Yeah. And And, it's Idris Elba, who is amazing. Um, and, and like, I'm not even sure he's dead. Like his, his fall off that cliff. I'm like, I've seen Fast and Furious people come back from worse. Um, right. Who? So, so that it's it's Brixton who their relationship is complicated. Uh, well, I guess I guess we should start with Hobbs and Shaw. Like we kind of talked about them together, which is most of the movie. But Hobbs yeah. is sort of like journey through this movie. Is, they both have again. It's parallel. The bo- they both. So so this is the problem. We've talked a lot about how Dom and Brian had this complicated relationship where they're, they're always pulling off of each other. Like they're Mm. this movie, the two characters have these parallel things where they're both making up with family. They're both sort of reconnecting to their lives and their family and all this stuff, but they don't really interact with each other's stories about family. They like work together on the mission, but their two arcs don't really intersect the way that when Fast and Furious was at its best, I feel like character wise, like Brian and Dom's stories, they're never the same arc. They're always like very different arcs, but they play each beat in the movie sort of plays off one another. And this feels like they're both just resolving their family issues. Um, Deckard has been burned, and it turns out his MI6 sister, Hattie, believed that he had turned on, turned on the government or whatever. And so she believed it. And then in the middle of the movie, she finds out she was wrong and that he was framed. And it also turns out that <laughs> we, we, we've already talked about this. This director is responsible for his being burned, which we never knew before. Mm-hmm. It was like, she tried to recruit him to be a part of this organization. He said no. And so Brixton went after him to kill him. And then instead he killed Brixton. He thought he was dead. And yeah. then uh, they burn. He's him. a Terminator. <laughs> and then they turn. And then this organization, Etion, uh, yeah. turned Brixton into a Terminator. So it's like sort of sins of the past coming back for him. And I guess Hobbs too, like sins of the past are coming back for him. Right. Yeah. Do you think the director is Cipher? I thought about that, and it would make sense. It would make a lot of sense. I don't think anybody else is big enough. To be the leader of that company, right? Definitely not. <laughs> that has been in a previous movie. So, like, if that it's one of two things: it's either a brand new character that we don't know the story where Hobbs and them interacted, or it, I think it's Cipher. Yeah, I almost uh, thought it was going to be a post-credit sequence where Cipher like slid back from too. the keyboard. Like, I was really looking for it. 
Yeah, me too. That would have been great. But I understand maybe they just hadn't written the script and they're like, mm, it's somebody. Right. Is it somebody we don't know and is going to come in? Or is it somebody we already know? It could just be somebody we don't know. And it could just be like they're trying to really forge their own way in their own Hobbs and Shaw franchise instead of, you yeah. know, instead of tying it so closely to the Fast and the Furious stuff. Yeah. Because Cypher, I have a feeling, will come back in Fast 9 or 10. Me too. Me too. Because I feel like, well, I feel like Dom has so, such unfinished business with her. That like everybody does at this point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Shaw Shaw was the one that was going after her and almost killed her, and then she just got out of the plane. Yeah. So, and both and, of the Shaws have reason to absolutely. Well, well and that's what I kind of like about the idea of the director being Cipher because it ties her into his original burning. Yes, and she's sort of this like been this ghost figure behind the machine in all of the Fast and Furious movies since number four. Absolutely. And it would tie her in even earlier because she, she's also responsible for that. And it would tie her to, um, whatever Hobbs's situation was. I'm guessing if, if, if she's talking about Hobbs's, um, most recent exploits, it's Cypher. But if she's talking about something completely different that, or he, I keep saying she because I'm just assuming it's Cypher. Um, <laughs> it may not be, it may not be at all. Yeah. It's a, what you hear of the voice is like distorted and computerized. And so you, you can't really tell at some points it sounds like a guy. At some points it sounds like a girl. I know who the voice is. So I heard it like completely. The moment I heard the voice, I knew who it was mm. for some reasons, but I'll get into that later. But you, yeah. you want to tell, I mean, you can tell us who, who I mean, sure. Yeah. If, uh, if the you person, don't want to be spoiled on that, jump ahead, but who, who's the voice in? Well, you, they use. I'm going to save it as my top shelf. Okay. For a fun little top shelf. All right, cool. I think I'm going to save that. All right, cool. So keep listening if you want to know. <laughs> I do. I do want to know. I think I'm going to stick around. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> um, so, um, so next, basically, I was going to say next character. <laughs> well, I, I think we talked about Shaw. Oh, got his, you. But we haven't really talked about Hobbs and sort of the same, same exact thing. His brother thinks that he... Betrayed the family because he made, and he actually making a good decision. Kind of the same thing. It turns out Shaw was actually making a good decision when he got burned and Hobbs right. was doing the same thing. And it's the family just, it turns out Hobbs dad was a criminal, which kind of gives you a lot of insight into Hobbs, like how he mm -hmm. hunts down criminals. Yeah. But his dad was willing, more and more willing to put his children in danger. And so when he saw the family getting in more and more danger, he turned his own dad in to the police. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that kind of sucks. That, that does suck, do that. for sure. <laughs> Make that decision. But that's Hobbs, um, you know? That yeah. feels like Hobbs. Yeah. And the funny thing is, Hobbs is all about family. Um, It's just he's estranged because he's a cop. And like you said, turned his dad in. And, mm -hmm. um, so his brothers don't like him. And Jonah, the main brother um, in the storyline, he actually punches him. Punches Hobbs in the face right when yeah, they see each other again. Um, but yeah, Hobbs at the very beginning of the movie is with his kid, um, or kind of in the middle of the movie is with his, uh, his daughter. And by the end of it, he actually has his daughter meet his family. So her grandmother and uncles yeah. and everything. And it was so sweet because she was working on a, like a family tree project. I love 
it's such a trope in movies when they're mm-hmm. working on a family tree and they don't really have family. So then, at, you know, at the end, they find their family. Yeah. Very ham-fisted way of pointing it out, but yeah. 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 There's some, I was going to say, there's some exposition in there uh, right before one scene. And it's like, uh, you should have talked about that beforehand. Why are you talking to each other about that right now? <laughs> like, you, you both know the information that you're talking about. I hate, I hate that kind of stuff. Like, just me too. You just wrote it poorly. Like, yes, I don't mind exposition and dialogue, but when you make it where the oh, and it, it reminds me of also like the lines where just like when my least favorite line in a Fast and Furious movie so far, which is like, "You hacked my hacking device." Brilliant. Yes. Like, no, yes. <laughs> that's not how two hackers would talk to each other. No. Like, no, that's just not right at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, oh, so man. we talked a little bit about Hattie, but Hattie is Shaw's sister, and her basic arc is, other than making out with Hobbs a little bit, um, which was a pretty hot scene. Uh, oh, no, not, not <laughs> yeah. supposed to make out scene, the other scene the, where, he, where she pulls it. In the he, truck. Yeah. Yeah. You knew, you, knew what, you knew exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> She is uh she is about to die basically and uh Hobbs grabs her and pulls her into the truck and she ends up straddling over his lap and there's like a moment of like slow mo look into each other's eyes uh in the middle of an action sequence and you're like oh yeah that is it's sexy. a good scene it's a quick scene but it's a good scene <laughs> doesn't always have to last long no um. <laughs> <laughs> says you says you <laughs> <laughs> okay back to the story so damn it. Hattie, Hattie her her big thing is realizing she was wrong about her brother and and coming to terms with that and apologizing and in the end of the movie they actually go and break their mother their mother out of prison the mother that we met last Helen Mirren who we met in the last fast and the furious movie yeah um, and that was pretty fun yeah that was like her mom's like one wish while she was in prison, she was like, I just want to see you sitting here with your sister. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. And then, but also I want a cake made of C4, which and, they bring. And they bring and they a they cake. And they break out. <laughs> they bring her a cake and they, I wouldn't eat it though. And it doesn't even look <laughs> yeah. like they they hid the C4 well. It looks like no. a brick of C4 with a little icing on top. It's really funny. Yeah. Like shaped like a brick of C4 is in movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super funny. Um, so Hattie, it, it really is. The, the movie is about those two characters coming to, to terms with each other, but not really. They still just yell at each other the whole movie and then resolving issues with their families. And that's like both characters, both the main characters and Hattie being one of them. Um, and then his brother, uh, is, uh, Jonah, who he mm-hmm. also could reconnects with. Uh, the Brixton and the director, uh, yeah. we, we know that Brixton was killed. But then he shows up and they're like, it's a, he's a ghost. You know, I, he should be dead. That kind of thing. Um, yeah. And it turns out that they brought him back with technology. So he has like, like a HUD built into his eyes that helps his brain like track action sequences, basically. <laughs> yeah. It's like a total video game. Yeah. That's it's what it looks like. The Tony Stark thing of like analyze battle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I don't know why I didn't think about it. Another (laughs) Marvel connection here. Um, I've always been annoyed by Infinity War because they do the we don't trade lives thing. Oh, yeah. And then they just go to Wakanda and have like a bunch of Wakandans fight on the battlefield 
to save Vision's life. So it's like, we don't trade lives, but we're going to send like a nation to war to save one man. Like it, it, it feels, it feels like they're choosing which lives are more important in a weird way. Yes. Like I'm not a big fan of that scene or that like decision. And the, we don't yeah. trade lives decision is just in general. Uh, and they, and they learn that's the lesson they learn in that movie is you have to be willing to, because the, their, their catchphrase in the next movie is whatever it takes. Uh, but I've always, yeah. <laughs> I'm always, I'm kind of annoyed for the, the Wakandans. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, like, that's not cool like, to make a no. bunch, this nation fight for your one guy. Right. That you had never heard of before. Yeah. So in this movie, they have a, they have a choice to, she has option one and option two they keep talking about. She has the virus inside of her. They could kill her and burn her body or right. they could extract the serum. And it basically got super infinity war vibes when they went to the Samoans and were like, fight this deadly assassin team for us so that we can save this one lady's life. It was. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. the same decision there. And so like, I got real Wakanda vibes. Yeah, like, hi, family that I haven't seen in years. Yeah. Let's fight, and, you know, some of you may get hurt or killed. But yeah. your family. Fam. <laughs> Fam. And, and they do resolve their family issues, and they, like, support their brother. They're Usa. Uso? Uso. Uso. Um, yeah. that it, It's cute, but, like, if you really think about it, they're basically, he's endangering all of his brother's lives to save this one lady that he just met. Yeah. Which, yeah, like, the mission is the mission, and the mission here is to stop the virus. And so, basically, he decides to put his whole family in danger, in pretty extreme danger. I don't think any of them die, but they, like, are put in pretty extreme danger to save this lady's life, who he just met. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah, and even Jonah mentions it, like, why do you bring your problems here? You haven't been here, and now you bring this to us? Like, what? Yeah. I feel like that's how I would probably react. That's a completely too. fair reaction that Jonah should have had. <laughs> a little like yes. even stronger. Uh yes. but they support him. And then the mother's like, no, we support each other. He's your Uso. Yeah. Which means brother. Yep. Um, okay. And so the other two characters I've got on here are Lock well, Locke and Dinkley. Yes. Uh, Victor Locke and Air Marshal Dinkley. <laughs> I just want a lock. I wouldn't mind a Locke and Dinkley movie, honestly. Um, yeah, be so good. That would be so cheesy and so fun. <laughs> Locke is a CIA agent who believes he's best friends with Hobbs. Yeah. Played by Ryan Reynolds and Hobbs does not agree, but he just, he's no. really, it's, I, I, I can't even do it justice to describe his character, but it's really wonderful. At one point he opens, he's like, we got those matching tattoos. Like, what are you talking about? And he opens yeah. his shirt, and he ha and Ryan Reynolds has the rocks tattoo on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, I was about to mention that. That was a good, like what? <laughs> and then uh, they talk about um, Game of Thrones, which Hops mm -hmm. pretends that he didn't see, but he knows. Uh, um, you know nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah. He knew that line, so I'm pretty sure he watched it. And then at a uh, end of the credit scene. <laughs> um, Ryan Reynolds brings it back up or Locke brings it back up and just tells you the ending of Game of Thrones flat out. <laughs> I was like, the first time I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, okay, I can't believe he just did that and that they was, kept that in the movie. <laughs> yeah, and that wasn't that far after that 
happened. It here. wasn't at all. No. See, I'm watching this like four, three or four years later, and it's like, oh yeah, of course that's fine to talk about. But yeah, this was like what 2018 or something. Man, that's yeah, wild. yeah. <laughs> it's a good point. There's a there's a <laughs> spoiler alert for the Sixth Sense. Uh, but there's there was always this joke that always stood out to me on Conan O'Brien's show where like he goes on there and they had the like this guy just turns to camera. I think it might have been Andy Richter and he turns to camera and he says Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. And it was like a week or two after the movie came out. Oh no. <laughs> and it was like what? Oh no. <laughs> right? It's <was> crazy. <laughs> oh, but it was like it was bad. <laughs> like, they delivered it very funny and like that was the joke that he's being a spoiler, but like, I was like, you just spoiled that movie. Um, yeah. My family and I always have a joke of, and the boat sinks. Everyone dies with um, Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> it's like, oh no, did I just spoil it? <laughs> it sinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then Dinkley is an air marshal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who wants to be a badass. I have a feeling Ryan Reynolds is probably a badass. The way he acts and, oh, and he, he, call, he calls Hobbs Luke Rebecca Hobbs, which I'm fairly certain is not his name. But throughout <laughs> no. the movie, he calls him Becky and Rebecca and like, just he won't stop calling him Becky. And it's really funny. So funny. Really funny. I don't know. Like, I just love, I really loved Locke and I want more Locke in my Me life. Me too. Me too. Um, so those are all the characters. Let's get into open bar. Like, I guess, what do you think? What's, what else, okay. what else is going um, on in this movie? I was going to say, I kind of think of Etion as a character, even though it's a company, right. it's a character in itself. Yeah. It's like, it's like a weird organization. It's kind of like the, we talked about Cypher sort of being like a Hydra almost, but this is even yeah. more so like some sort of organization that is pulling the strings behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention that Shaw refers to them as, a secret tech cult with a mercenary army and plenty of dark money with delusions of saving the world by augmenting the human race, which is exactly what they are. Yeah, there you go. I like that description. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That, thanks, Shaw. Thanks, Shaw. You said it. <laughs> that was good. Um, well, I think. But yeah. What did you think? I have my problems with it, but overall. For just a fun action movie, it's great. And I even, like, I was surprised. I, I, so I was watching this. There's, in the middle of the movie, they go to the big uh, Etion compound. And they have mm -hmm. this huge fight. And it's in the middle of, like, this these huge structures. And it's a crazy fight. Like, really, really wild fight. And, and it's a it's the moment where they're trying to get it, the, uh, the blood extracted from her. It, I thought for sure the movie was about to end. And then I hit really? pause. And I was like... Oh, this has an hour left. Like, this is nowhere. Oh, no. That last sequence. No, like, I didn't, I wasn't mad. I was just like, that last, that sequence seemed so big and expensive and crazy and action filled that I was just like, oh, this has got to be an ending. And I know that right? Fast and Furious okay. movies, movies are kind of known for having a lot of action, but like, th this one felt like it had even more than normal. Like, the, the amount of spectacle was really amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty it crazy. definitely. It definitely had a lot more of the like the chase scenes, but with like yeah. more technology involved, mm -hmm. which I loved. I do too. And like you mentioned Terminator, it's very Terminator feeling. Like there's a lot of drones. the 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 villain himself is like filled with some sort of nanobots. He's like he feels they call him he calls himself Black Superman. 
Um, mm-hmm. and he's, he's awesome. He's just freaking awesome. And it's neat to introduce that too, cause this movie allowed it, this franchise to drift completely away from the car racers. Like there's mm-hmm. no car racers in this movie. Nope. <laughs> At the end of the movie, they still have a pretty cool car scene, but like most of the movie is like, there's a lot more just like shoot 'em up, kicking butt action, uh, and, and a little less car centric. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was fun. It's a fun way to go with the franchise. And it builds up the world in an interesting way. Cause like now Dom can face like super soldiers, basically. Like oh, if gosh, they wanted yeah. to, <laughs> they could send super soldiers and crazy drones and like sci, basically it, it, it introduced like an even more extreme sci-fi element to the Fast and the Furious universe. Yes. I think that's why I love it so much. Yeah. I am a sci-fi nerd for sure. <laughs> I am too. And it's, in- it's just interesting because like, I mean, we talked about it when, uh, when Drew Gretsch was on, we were talking about doing time travel. I feel like this isn't far off. You know what I mean? Like they could do Hobbs and Shaw three time for some time travel. Like, (laughs) and then I'd be down, you know? Right. I feel like they would have to do space first and then maybe have time travel in there too. Yeah, for sure. That would be cool. (laughs) Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see them do some crazy stuff. (laughs) Like, they're already doing pretty crazy stuff with, like, a serious, like, I don't know, what is it, nanotechnology super soldier. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. The whole aspect of, like, augmenting humans and experimenting on humans in that kind of way, it reminded me of the show Orphan Black so much. Oh, yeah. The Neolutionists. Um, Yes. Mm. Um, Which I don't want to spoil that show, because it's a very good show. It's one of my favorites, so. It is Everybody Amazing. needs to go watch that. Yeah. Um, so sure. I'm not going to say anything, but the augmentation of the human race, I was like, oh, that totally reminds me of that, which I think made me like the movie a lot more, too. Oh, neat. I, I just like love that. that aspect, like when people have that in their shows or their movies. So Neat. I dig it. Yeah. I, I, I like that, too. And it, this, yeah, if you guys haven't seen Orphan Black, what are you doing? Like, go, go watch it. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. And Tatiana so Maslany is... Just a godsend of an actress. Amazing. Like, yeah, can't even say enough about how good her acting is. And like the yeah. challenge of the show, I don't want to spoil anything, but the challenge of the show is like insane. It's an insane challenge for an actress to perform. And she does it amazingly well. Beautifully. Highly it's, recommend. And, and it's super yeah. entertaining too. I feel like when I say that people think I'm talking like it's a prestige drama and it is, I think it's great, but like, it is so fun and sci-fi and silly and funny and just really great and really, really also, um, really heartfelt. And yeah, I, I love that show. There's twists and turns. It's just great. I love it. You know, they're doing like a radio play right now. That's like an extension of it. I did know that. And the next season, Tatiana is playing her character. Oh, okay. I thought at the beginning of it that she was narrating the whole thing. That may be, I saw a, an article about it the other day that was like, Tatiana returning for season two of this radio show that's like continuing the story of that show, which I, yeah. I am down for. I need to go check yeah. it out. I think I tried to, but like you had to pay for it. And I was like, eh, mm. I'm going to let, cause I, I'm like in a Facebook group with them. So I check it every now and then. And I was like, I'm going to let them tell me if it's good or not. Cause I trust them. Yeah. And I have yet to see anything about it, honestly. So also, you know who she's playing in the MCU, right? 
Do you know that she's been cast in the MCU? I did find that out like a week ago, but I can't remember who she's playing. She's playing She-Hulk in, <gasps> in her own TV show. Like they're they're doing a She-Hulk television show. What? That is going to feature Bruce Banner will be in it. Like it's got like they've been doing Wanda of the Disney Plus shows with WandaVision yeah. and Falcon Children and all that stuff. Loki. They've got a She-Hulk show coming. I think it's next year. It's oh it's starring gosh. Tatiana Maslany, um uh, Mark Ruffalo. And returning, one of my favorite actors, Tim Roth, oh my gosh. is returning as Abomination from the first Hulk movie. Oh like, my gosh, I'm so excited right now. I am flipping Holy out. shit. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no, my gosh. <laughs> I am right there with you. That is the thing I am most excited for for Marvel right now, because it's just a bunch of great people doing... And yeah, it just looks amazing. And there's a lot of speculation that like Daredevil could show up because he's a lawyer. Like... No, they they and it'll be past the time period where Netflix wasn't allowed. Marvel wasn't allowed to use Daredevil because of the Netflix deal, but now they can. So, like, there's a lot of speculation that they could be writing him into that show. That's so exciting! So exciting! I'm I can't wait. Okay, let's get to bottom shelf. Uh, I feel like we've uh, pretty much exhausted this movie. It, It like there's not a lot of meat on this movie. No. It's, it's just really exciting not. chase scenes and yeah. cool I, technology. <laughs> this might be one of my least favorite of the franchises. Really? Okay. I, yeah, I know. And, and I hate it because I know how much you liked it. Well, I understand that because there's no like heart to it. It's just a fluff kind of piece. Yeah. But yeah, I get that. It's a fluff piece. And I also feel like they they took what Hobbs and the relationship Hobbs and Shaw had in Fate of the Furious. And mm-hmm. they blew it up to be a whole movie. And I feel like I got, already had enough of that. Like, I wanted them to evolve a little bit. Like, right, okay. have a little bit less contention between them, maybe. Like, still make fun of each other, but maybe sure. for a reason, instead of just hating each other. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. because they're them. And then, that of course, was the whole... I love the scene uh, where... The Rock tells <laughs> Statham has been particularly misogynist through this series, like oh, more yeah. so than other <laughs> characters, even. Oh yeah, and which is Shaw, and Shaw in this movie is like upset because his sister seems to like The Rock, mm-hmm. seems to like Hobbs, and Hobbs says, "I forget the way he says that. I should have written it down, but he says something to the effect of like." This is modern times. Like, she's an independent woman. And if she wants to climb this mountain, she can climb it over and over again. Over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) I I loved it. Because he's getting called out. Because that's just another form of misogyny. The whole, like, I want to control my... You can't date my sister. You can't date my sister. I'm controlling her sexuality. Uh, (laughs) Like, threatening people for believing she's a sexual being. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's one thing to be protective. It's another thing to be, like weirdly protective um sure sure <laughs> if if she wants and that's exactly it's exactly how he responds and i loved it i loved it so much um okay what's your bottom shelf oh man um <laughs> <laughs> the exposition moments i'm yeah. gonna say that there's a scene that i was talking about earlier where hobbs and shaw have to go into two separate rooms and use a biometric scanner Oh, with yeah. the guys that they beat up in mm-hmm. those rooms. 
So at the very start of that scene, Hobbs looks to Shaw and is like, so we got to do this and get into this room. And don't forget, we've got, or he doesn't even say don't forget. It's like, we, and you have to use the biometric scanner with the eyes of the guy to open the door. And it's yeah. like, really? You already know that. The two characters already know what they have to do. <laughs> that was seriously just for the audience. And it's so effing annoying when writers do that. I totally agree with you. And there are instances where it can be forgiven when you like really just have nothing else, no other way to communicate something to the audience. But in that particular case, there's no reason they couldn't have just walked in there, done the thing, and then just put the people's heads up to the scanners. Yes. Like they it was did. self-explanatory. It was very self-explanatory. There's no need for that kludgy exposition. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I hate when directors or writers make the decision to treat the audience like they're two years old. I hate that. Like, yeah. don't treat me like I'm an idiot. I understand what's happening. <laughs> like, uh, also, yeah, that's say, my bottom shelf. I loved the end of that scene, though, where uh, Hobbs <laughs> yeah. and Shaw go into separate rooms and they're beating up. It's like it requires two people to put their eyes to the scanner to open these doors to get them through. And uh, Hobbs gets his guy to, up to the scanner and then Shaw has like 15 men in his room and he doesn't yes. know which one the eyes he needs. So he keeps picking up people and walking them over to him, slamming their heads against the scanner. And he keeps saying, access denied. And so mm -hmm. he like walks back, gets another one, slams his head against the thing, access denied, access denied. And he's just getting more and more annoyed. It's really funny. It really is a funny scene. I love it. It's yeah. just don't tell me what you're going to do. Show yeah. me. It's a stupid line for sure. Um, I'm going to stick with the thing that I said about their relationship. Like, I just, I'm going to, here's my bottom shelf is like the fifth time one of them threatens for no reason other than machismo that they're going to shove something in the other one's body. Yes. Like, they do it so many times and they just did it in the other movie a couple of times and it's just like, they're just constantly threatening each other. In ways that, like, you know they're not going to do. There's no stakes to it. And they just feel like they should get over it at some point. Um, I feel you. I, I just, you. I did their relationship. And I hate it because I like their relationship so much in the other movies. And I like both actors a lot. So I was really looking forward to how their relationship would evolve and be interesting. And it just did not feel like it evolved. And it did not feel interesting. It felt, you know, like the same old, same old. Yeah, it does yeah. get old. I agree. Okay. Well, what about top shelf? You got a top shelf? Yes, I do. You go first. My top shelf is going to be the introduction of such science fiction elements into the franchise. Like, Good one. I, I liked it in this movie. It's fun. But for me, it's more about what they do with it in other, ver like other Fast and Furious movies. Like, I, I'd really like to see, you know... I'd like to see this. If the series is going to go the way it's been going and get more and more ridiculous, it just needs to go the whole way with it. Let Dom time travel. Let it happen. Just like do it all. <laughs> and like this movie got us a step closer to that. It's like I'm tired of I'm tired of it being in I, like four and five were like a weird mushy middle. And I feel like if it's going to get bigger, it's got to get bigger. It's got to keep getting bigger. <laughs> yeah. For and sure. I want it to go for it. I like, jumping buildings was great, but, like, you've already jumped buildings, you've already fought submarines, like, what are you going to do next? And we're going to find out Thursday, and I'm pretty pumped about it. 
Me too. I really hope they do something like just crazy, like you said. Yeah. That's, that's exactly where they need to go. That is true. I totally agree. Like, you're on your ninth movie. Like, most series try to make it grounded again. Like, are they, they, they try to come back to ground. And I'm like, yes. this is just not that series. It had a great grounded time. You can still come back 20 years from now and make like an old man Dom movie where he's just a street racer again. And that would be great. But like, you really, I just want them to go ridiculous right now. I want them to go utterly ridiculous. Same. Same. I think post COVID I'm tired of reflective. Like I want some, I want some craziness in my movies right now. Yeah, me too. Honestly, I need an escape. That's what it is. This movie for me, it was an escape. I think that's why I liked it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's your top shelf? My top shelf. Okay. Here it is, guys. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds oh. is actually the voice for the Etion director. And I knew that so fast because in most roles nowadays, you don't see his face when you hear his voice. You know, there's Deadpool. For sure. There's Pikachu. You know, you don't see his face. So I loved that. That is interesting. And also, technically, it's Champ Nightingale who is credited for the role. But if you look it up, Nightingale's name, it's, um, it's like a name that Ryan Reynolds uses or used once to write a funny fake review for Aviation Gin, which is the gin that Ryan Reynolds owns. So it's a name he made up, and I, that I, I love it. That's I just great. love that he's the voice that they used him, and I don't think it's him. Like they just use his voice. Well, I don't know. Like the fact that they didn't credit him makes me wonder if it is him because I didn't recognize his voice at all. So like, it, it didn't even dawn on me that that was him. So that's interesting, and now that makes me wonder if he is the big bad or like, man, I would love to see. A future movie with like Ryan Reynolds being as silly as he was in this movie and Cypher. Yeah. Like, like teaming up. Okay. So here's my, here's my pitch for the next three Hobbs and Shaw movies. <laughs> Go for it. Um, Hobbs and Shaw, like <laughs> you find out that this mysterious voice is Ryan Reynolds, but it's a Ryan Reynolds like from the future. Cool. Who's like communicating back and he knows that the key to the time, the key to like his winning is to convert Hobbs and Shaw to his, to like working with him. Cause in this movie, they, they say Brixton never lived up to our expectations, but both of you like super exceeded your biometrics is what they say. So like, what if this entire adventure was them collecting data on Hobbs and Shaw. Like this whole Brixton thing. And they even in the middle of the movie try to get Brixton to turn them, which doesn't work. But like, what if that's the goal of this character? And it's like some sort of crazy science fiction time travel thing. And like the Ryan Reynolds we see of Locke is like heading towards that. That's cool. I'm hooked. I'm hooked already. (laughs) Right? It doesn't have to be time travel. It could just be like, Ryan Reynolds is also the head of this organization and he's trying to convert them. But I do think it's interesting that like, it seemed like the main goal of the director in this movie was to convert Hobbs and Shaw. Like she's, she or he saw 
a potential there. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, it could be Ryan Reynolds, and I think that's what I thought. Like, it could be Locke. I mean, that's what I thought the first time I watched it. But watching it again with the end credit scene where he gets shot, I mean, and then he <laughs> he uh, stabs a guy with a brick. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, he also doesn't I, get I don't shot. Know. He thinks he's shot, and then he goes, oh, wait, oh, this yeah, is yeah, my yeah. blood. That's right. That's right. It's somebody else's blood. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just feel like it's not him. It's To me, it's too obvious. But then again, that's kind of what these movies are. Sure, but you also realized thing. it, and I never realized it. I watched the whole movie there, and I did not know that was him at all. So oh, I wonder okay. if... I wonder if you just were a little extra perceptive there. That's cool. Maybe. It, it was probably I had just seen him in, like, Deadpool 2 or something, and right. then Pikachu, and I just <laughs> put it together because I never see his face anymore when he's on <laughs> screen. <laughs> I, I he, he brought a lot of life. I can't wait for his new movie, Free Guy. Yes. Mm, that, looks that looks so fun. Really good. Okay, guys. Well, that is... All for us. We get into last call now. You got anything you want to plug, Miss Karen? Um, other than the bullet point movie reviews, bullet points, mu- bullet point movie <laughs> reviews. Yeah, goodness gracious! Bullet if I could say reviews. it, it'd be great. Go check it out on Instagram. Yeah. Um, what about you? You're I, low-key, you know, you know. Let me music? just say thank you guys for joining us for this like journey through the Fast and the Furious movies. And if you have enjoyed this, and it's like led to you enjoying. Uh, what's going on, uh, like being excited for Fast 9, which is kind of what it's done for me. I'm very excited about Fast 9. Um, if it's led to that for you, throw us a review on iTunes. Help us out by, uh, getting us a good, good review on iTunes. Those, those really help the show grow and help it get in front of more people. So that would be awesome. Yeah. That would be great. All right. Well, we will be back soon with Fast 9, uh, like today, basically. So that's exciting. All right. It is. Peace. Bye. Binger's Assemble is a Stranded Panda podcast. For all of our podcasts and other geeky creative projects, go to strandedpanda.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.